Hello, welcome back to America's Lost History. This is episode 1.2, Live Free or Die. As you can tell by the title, we're going to be talking about the delegates from the colony of New Hampshire. The important thing about New Hampshire and kind of the reason we're going to talk about them first is in the Second Continental Congress, they took all the votes from north to south. So uh, New Hampshire was the first to vote. And in fact, they were the first delegates to sign the document after John Hancock. New Hampshire would send three delegates to the Continental Congress, uh, one of which will come after the vote. The other two will be there to cast their votes and will sign on August 2nd. The third will sign in September. Uh, the three delegates from New Hampshire definitely lived up to their state's motto, which was live free or die. So with that being said, we're going to get right into it. Our first delegate is Josiah Bartlett, who was born 1121-1729 and died May 19, 1795, at the age of 66. At the age of signing the Declaration, he was 46. Uh, those of you who are fans of the West Wing will know that Josiah Bartlett is the ancestor of the fictional President Bartlett from that television series. Josiah was born the son of a cobbler in Amesbury, Massachusetts. At the age of 16, he chose to learn to be a physician, and after completing his studies, he opened up a practice in Kingston, New Hampshire. In 1765, Josiah became a member of the New Hampshire Provincial Assembly. He was appointed a militia colonel by the royal governor, as well as a justice of the peace. When the governor dis disbanded the assembly, Josiah was stripped of his positions uh, but Bartlett and other patriots f formed the Provincial Congress. And in fact, uh, before the rest of the country would declare independence, New Hampshire would be its own independent pseudo-country because they declared independence and had no royal governor in January of 1776. In 1776, Bartlett would be the first to vote for independence. On August 2nd, he was the first to sign the, the declaration under John Hancock's signature. And after signing the declaration, Bartlett will serve as a doctor with the New Hampshire militia. In 1778, Bartlett was the first to cast his vote for the Articles of Confederation. And then after that, he ended up retiring from Congress. He served as a Chief Justice of the New Hampshire Court of Common Pleas. He helped with New Hampshire's ratification of the Constitution. New Hampshire ended up being the ninth state to ratify the Constitution, making it law of the land. So all the votes that were happening after that actually didn't matter, which the famous one was Virginia. Uh, he was elected as New Hampshire's first senator, but declined to serve as the president, uh, declined to serve. So he ended up being the first governor of New Hampshire, that was a non-royal governor. And he would resign in 1795 due to failing health and would pass on on that same year. So that is our first signer, Josiah Bartlett. William Whipple is our next delegate. He would be born January the 14th, 1730, die November the 28th, 1785, at the age of signing. He was 46. He was born in Kittery, New Hampshire, which is now part of Maine. Uh, the colony of Maine, or the state of Maine, was not an original colony. It was partially... Massachusetts Colony, or the Bay Colony, and New Hampshire. Um, at a very young age, he went to sea, and eventually by the age of 23, he became a sea captain, had his own ship. It's pretty clear from his trade that he was involved in the slave trade. Um, this is something that uh, 
people looking back on history have to realize is the slavery was the law of the land uh, whether it was deplorable or not is left up to others with a moralistic view when you're looking at it historically you have to understand that people were slave owners and in fact uh, Whipple was a, a slave owner he uh, kept uh, his own slave named Prince who would follow uh, Whipple through the revolution there's some myths about Prince being freed at the beginning of the revolution and then fighting with his his former master that's not true in fact Prince wouldn't be freed until after the war and after uh, Whipple died so <clears throat> but Whipple was very successful and it must have been a very lucrative slave trade because he was able to retire um, by 1720 I'm sorry but the age of 25 um, in, in 1775 he was able to just basically focus on politics he didn't have to worry about running a business anymore he was named a commander of the first brigade of the New Hampshire militia and then like I said in 1776 New Hampshire will declare independence from Great Britain he was then sent to represent New Hampshire in the first Continental Congress after the uh, the declaration in June 1777 Whipple will give him given command of the ranger to John Paul Jones who's probably the most famous of all patriot naval officers uh, famous for his raids on the Scottish coast and was probably seen by the British as a scourge but it was a hero of the revolution um, very fascinating character who might get his own episode one day so Whipple would then lead troops at the Battle of Saratoga, which is one of the most important battles in the Revolution because it's the battle that brought France into the war on our side. And then after Burgoyne surrenders his troops after Saratoga, Whipple will lead the expedition of British captives being sent to Boston for transport to England. He would then take part in the unsuccessful Rhode Island campaign. Um, that's a whole interesting idea how the allies were unable to really coordinate and were unable to take Rhode Island back from the British. In 1782 Whipple would be appointed as a commissioner to settle a dispute between Pennsylvania and Connecticut consuming the Wyoming Valley Territory. Now we're not talking about the current state of Wyoming, we're actually talking about a valley in northeastern what is now Pennsylvania. Um, the, the debate or the Rival claimants actually goes back to Charles II. Uh, he gave basically claims to the valley to both the col Connecticut colony and to Pennsylvania colony. Um, but there will be three minor wars. And in fact, this happened more than we like to admit. In fact, the, one of the reasons the Mason-Dixon line exists was because of disputes between Maryland and Pennsylvania as to what the actual border would be. And they would uh, resolve them, unfortunately, with arms. Uh, there were not many casualties, but we did have the things called the Three Pennamite Yankee Wars. Pennamites are the Pennsylvanians. Yankees were the name for the, the Connecticut's. Um, but he would, he would actually resolve the dispute, and uh, Congress would actually end up settling the claims in Pennsylvania's favor, which is the only claims that the Articles of Confederation Congress would would actually resolve while they were in, in session. 
1782, he's also appointed as a side judge on New Hampshire's Superior Court. And he would be plagued with chest pain and angina. And in 1785, while holding court, uh, Whipple will have chest pains and retire to his chambers, where he will then pass on. Uh, he demanded an autopsy, which actually revealed that he had an ossified heart, which means he had a bony heart. Uh, but he lived a pretty exciting life going from uh, basically a, a young sea lad to one of the most famous people in the colonies. Um, very rich. Didn't have to worry about money like some of the other signers of the Declaration who lost everything when they ended up losing territory or property to the, during the war. Our last delegate is Matthew Thornton. He was born around 1714 we're not really sure um, but he would die June 24th 1803 uh, we think about 62 years old when he signed the declaration uh, Thornton was born in Ireland his father brought the family to Wickeset which is now in Maine when Maryland when Matthew was only two or three years old I, I've seen sources that actually said up to four years old um, but uh, they were Presbyterians in a non-Presbyterian area, very Protestant, but not Presbyterian. So they were not very welcomed, um, discriminated against at a very young age. They would actually end up, the family would move to Worcester, Mass. Um, that's where Matthew would receive his formal education. And like Josiah Bartlett, he would actually become a physician and open a practice in Londonbury, New Hampshire. In 1745, Thornton would join the Lewisburg Expedition. Uh, now, the Lewisburg Expedition was a joint expedition between the colonists, who were British citizens, and the British government into taking Lewisburg back, from, not back, but taking it from the French. So he would join that expedition, and he would be a surgeon for the New Hampshire troops. On his return from Canada, he would be appointed a colonel in the militia, as well as a justice of the peace seems familiar to one of our other signers already we talked about and then in 1758 Thornton was elected representative of the state legislator uh, but again as we talked in our first episode the Stamp Act made Thornton into an outspoken patriot uh, he would end up serving as a chairman of the Committee of Safety for the New Hampshire colony uh, these colony committees uh, basically tried to run things between the colonies so that there was better communication and more uh, understanding between the colonies and this kind of the precursors to the revolution was a very important role. In 1774 the royal governor of New Hampshire who was named John Wentworth actually fled to the Portsmouth, Portsmouth Fort. There was a riot in town uh, by patriots uh, 1774-1775 is when he actually fled. And by January 1776, he had actually fled the colony and gone back to England, leaving there basically no royal authority in, 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 in New Hampshire at this point. On January 5th, 1776, Thornton's committee uh, enacted plans for New Hampshire's new independent government, and he was elected New Hampshire's first president. So like I said, at this point, New Hampshire is its own nation, for all intents and purposes, and he was the first president of that nation. They would write their Constitution of New Hampshire, which would be the Constitution for the state until 1783, 
And then in September 1776, he would be sent to Philadelphia, and he would demand to sign the Declaration and have his name attested, just like all the rest, risking everything for independence from Great Britain. Unfortunately, um, a smallpox inoculation would leave Thornton with weak eyes, as that is described, and he would be forced to resign from Congress in 1777. Uh, the difference between an inoculation and a virus uh, vaccination is that they would actually take postules of smallpox off of a, a victim of smallpox and they would actually take that and infect a person with smallpox in the hopes that it would then inoculate them against the disease and keep them safe. And it worked, did work, but there were some horrific side effects from it. Uh, usually you would get smallpox, but it would be a not as virulent a case of smallpox. Uh, before returning to run his farm, Thornton would serve as in the state legislator and as a judge. In 1782, he actually resigned his judgeship. In 1789, he would purchase a farm in Exeter. In his 80s, he wrote a treatise, and be prepared, this is a long title, but this treatise is called Paradise Lost, or The Origin of the Evil Called Sin, examining or how it ever did, or even come to pass, that a creature should or could do anything unfit or improper that creature to do. So he was obviously an accomplished writer even in his 80s at this point. And then at the age of 89, Thornton would die in Newborn, Massachusetts, visiting one of his daughters, and then would pass on into history, and he would be buried. So those are our three signers from New Hampshire. Uh, I have some plans, and I wish I had done it in the first episode, so what I'm going to do is maybe when we're done the series, I'm going to put up another episode, which will go over the grave sites of the signers, those that we know. Uh, there are some people who like to go and visit them. Um, I know within 20 minutes of my house, there's four or five of them that people can visit, so I'm going to... Uh, post that information for people if I can find them all, track them down. I know a couple are, are still missing, um, so we're going to work on that. But I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, it's a lot of work, but I'm enjoying going over this information with you guys. Um, I'm going to work again on getting this stuff posted on iTunes and SoundCloud and whatever podcast player you personally use. Join the Facebook group, which is... America's Lost History on Facebook and leave a comment and we'll have a discussion. I'm always welcome to discussion. So that's all for today and thank you guys and have a good week.